Welcome to Trade Finance Talks, a podcast from Trade Finance Global. During this series, we'll be hearing from global experts, as well as learning about the latest trends, technology and insights in the world of international trade and receivables finance. Episode 104. Incoterms provide a clear international framework for understanding which party covers certain costs, has certain obligations and bears certain risks. Welcome, Trade Finance Talks listeners. My name is Annie Kovacevic, junior editor at TFG, and I'll be your podcast host today as we delve into the often confusing world of international commercial terms, or INCO terms for short. To provide us with more clarity on the subject, we have with us today Holly Jade O'Leary, co-founder and director of Alania Customs. Holly, welcome. Hi, Annie. Thank you for having me here today. Okay, so just to get us started, can you give us a small overview of your professional background and your current position? Of course. So my name is Holly Jade O'Leary. I'm co-founder and director of Alinea Customs, a UK customs brokerage that specialises in filing import and export documents at ports across the UK on behalf of traders. Personally, I have a management degree and diploma in advanced customs compliance. We also have in-house legal expertise, provide consultancy across all areas of UK customs law and practice. So just to take a step back, what are INCO terms? What do they cover and what do they not cover? Who sets these rules? INCO terms are the international terms which determine business-to-business practice in the transport and delivery of goods published by the International Chamber of Commerce. They set out the important fundamentals of the INCO terms rules and the contracts surrounding a typical contract of sale for export or import. This covers the obligation, which party organises the carriage and insurance of the goods, obtains shipping documents, customs clearance and the import or export licences if required. The risk, which party bears the risk in the event of loss or damage to the goods, any specific point in the international journey, and at what point that risk is transferred, and the costs, which party is responsible for which costs, for example, transport, packaging, loading or unloading costs, and the check-in or security-related costs. The INCO terms rules explain a set of the 11 most commonly used three-letter trade terms, e.g. cost of insurance and freight, SIF or delivered at place DAP. They should always be accompanied by the year of publication of the INCO terms referred to, and most importantly, the precise place of delivery. Great, thank you for that. And just kind of taking a step back and providing us with a bird's eye view of the situation, selling internationally for a lot of businesses can be intimidating, especially if they're first-time exporters. What are some of the main challenges that you see firms facing as they try to get to the, their goods across borders for the first time? Firstly, understanding the various aspects of customs compliance, mainly tariff classification, customs valuation, rules of origin, prohibitions and restrictions, and appropriate certification and labelling to comply with the importing territory's domestic legislation takes education. And I would suggest it's important for the exporter to take the time to understand how customs compliance works. Thanks to the World Customs Organization and the World Trade Organization, international customs legislation is for the most part harmonized. So if the exporter prepares their documentation accurately rather than relying on the freight forwarder, they can be confident about executing the seamless import on behalf of their clients. Secondly, understanding how and when freight charges apply and which party pays for each part of the journey is really important. While ex-works may present the lowest risk to the importer, they will have to rely on their client to prepare both the import and export documentation, which means that they may not have immediate access to their proof of export documents required to rate VAT to their clients in the event of an HMRC audit. Simultaneously, the DDP INCO terms may present the easiest option to sell, but the cost to hire an indirect representative to act as importer of record in the destination country or establish a business in the destination country to receive the goods may significantly lower the exporter's profit margins. 
Certainly. And obviously, education is one of the pillars for kind of greater understanding of anything. But how do you think that Incoterms help specifically in overcoming some of these challenges? Incoterms provide a clear international framework for understanding which party covers certain costs, has certain obligations and bears certain risks. For example, if an importer is purchasing a significant amount of tons of a product from a factory and the factory insists on free alongside ship rather than free on board Incoterms, the importer will have to make arrangements for a team experienced in handling a particular type of cargo to load the cargo either into containers and onto the ship or move with cranes directly onto the ship for brake bulk cargo. Depending on the type of product, but citing, for example, steel or aluminium, this could add a significant extra cost to the freight charges. Many importers will seek for their suppliers to handle as much of the responsibilities as possible in the exporting country. Right. So kind of leading on from challenges, what are the more common mistakes that you see companies making when it comes to using Incoterms? Most commonly, I see importers not fully understanding the implications of freight prepaid Incoterms. This can be an absolute nightmare for traders new to importing. So all other than delivered at place delivered at place unloaded and delivered duty paid in relation to terminal handing charges for the release of containers or even for lists and container load can reach between £1,500 to £2,000. Very often, they will only become aware of the charges once the shipper has sent the goods and very often when the ship has docked and they are released to the importer by the cargo broker. Often for new clients who may approach us to recommend a logistics broker one or two weeks prior to their cargo arriving when it's already at sea, I'm aware from the moment that they approach us either Linear Customs, the logistics company or their cargo broker will have to take the time to explain why freight prepaid doesn't include the terminal handling charges. Fantastic. And we've kind of talked a little bit about education, inco terms. In that aspect, what other resources can firms leverage to learn more about the requirements of each country that they seek to export to? UK government is very keen to encourage exporters and the Department of International Trade has a website called great.gov.uk forward slash markets which provides detailed information concerning opportunities for exporters, trade barriers and check customs and duties. For firms exporting to the European Union, the TARIC consultation database can be consulted to determine the import requirements of the recipient nation. When researching into the compliance measures for your product in any international territory, I would always suggest it's worth confirming the commodity code for the product and the country of economic origin for your product and discussing what customs levies may apply and any prohibitions or restrictions with the recipient agent prior to sending the cargo. Plants, refrigerated products and cooling systems containing F-gas, products of on Animal origins such as cheese and meat, pharmaceuticals, chemicals, certain electrical products and organic produce are heavily regulated. Perfect. Thank you for that. Just as a last summarization, taking a step back and looking at 2022, it's been quite a year for a lot of different reasons. But given this current Russia-Ukraine conflict, how do the things that you just touched upon really play out in reality? So in reality, I've seen an increase in imports from Ukraine, often, for example, from Polish-based wholesale distributors based in the United Kingdom, importing confectionery and beverages, which is likely to be due to the free trade agreement resulting in zero-rate tariffs and zero-rate quotas on Ukrainian imports that came into effect on the 25th of April 2022. I've also received a few extraordinary requests. For example, an American company purchased drones from Glasgow, which they intended to export to Ukraine. These are heavily regulated and would have required an export license. We've provided guidance to UK charities seeking to export relief goods to Ukraine and facilitated several transfers of residents and also transfer of working equipment to the UK on behalf of professionals such as doctors. On the 1st of October 2022, 
uh, Ukraine was granted access to the Common Transit Convention. And as they are not part of the EU, a T1 is required to transport goods to or from Ukraine when they're traveling for Europe by road. Additionally, from an industrial perspective, I've provided consultancy to certain companies who are addressing supply and demand opportunities and are pivoting their distribution facilities accordingly. The UK industry imports previously imported significant quantities of types of goods, for example, metals from Russia. And in certain cases, a decrease in imports has become a threat to the UK construction and engineering industry and reported to the Trade Remedies Association. These type of companies are seeking to commercialise and are focused on locating alternative sources of particular commodities, procuring from regions such as the Middle East and the Gulf Cooperation Council as countries as an alternative to Russia. We've also, we've lost a Russian client and we've had our bank return payments made to them, to us by them prior to the conflict. We've also provided training and support in UK customs compliance to a Ukrainian customs broker who settled in the UK with her son. The effect of the sanctions means significant tariffs are levied on many Russian originating goods and industrial parts, even if they are entering the UK from another territory. Perfect. Thank you for that very comprehensive overview. And thank you for sitting with us today and giving us a great outlook of Inco terms of what that looks like in 2022. Thank you for joining us at Trade Finance Talks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Trade Finance Talks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts at tradefinanceglobal.com.